This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Can I play with them? Can I win with them? Can I go with them? Can't do it. Welcome to the Clock Dodgers Podcast. I'm your host, Neil. With me is Adam. What's up, Adam? What up, Neil? What up, man? Josh is not here today because of me. I will accept full responsibility for this. It is my fault. I delayed our recording. Adam was able to hang in, but, you know, you know, Josh has things to do, man. He has some other stuff going on, so he can't be here, Adam. I How to live bad. that teacher life. Yes, yeah, a teacher life. I feel bad. I do feel bad. But we have some notes from him. He he contributed to this episode, no doubt, in a big way. So He'll be here in spirit. Yeah, he'll be here in spirit. I'll drop some of his notes. And we I do always appreciate Josh, and we're sad that he couldn't hang in. But it is what happens. Um, I delayed this episode because, as I mentioned last week, I'm going to be going on a road trip in literally like four hours to like Washington, D.C., New York for my grandmother's birthday. So this episode will be... How can we say this? Uh, uh, com- compacted? It's going to be less bantering, more just facts, more just things that we need to discuss. So, with that being said, Adam, are you ready to jump into trust issues? Let's do it. All right. The first player on our list today is Joe Mixon. You have him listed here that he only had one top 30 running back. What? 30? What is this? Top 30 running back PPR game this season? That's correct, yeah. So in his first four starts so far this year, he's only had one game where he was even over, uh, I believe it was 11 fantasy points. Um, All three of his other performances have all been well outside the top 30 in fantasy. Um, He he Really outside of week three where he blew up, and uh, I think he was RB10, if I remember correctly. He had like a a 100-yard touchdown game. Um, in that performance, it was great. But, yeah, I mean, with how things went for that offense on Monday night, it's hard to see having confidence moving forward in Joe Mixon. I think he's one of those players that, you know, when you were drafting him, you had this hope that he would be an elite performer this year. And now, I mean, I'm just hoping – you know, to be able to get weekly production out of them. For me, I have serious trust issues just in regards to whether or not he's he's start worthy. I mean, the running back position already is feeling decimated and we're only four weeks into the year. So for a lot of people, I think he is still someone you got to force into your lineup. But man, I, I don't feel good about it. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, we have to mention the fact that, yeah, people were definitely drafting this guy to be one of the top running backs in football. So 
with that being said, I mean, basically anyone has to look at him as with trust issues at this point. Your sentence that I read there, I, I, I thought I was reading it wrong because it just didn't even sound right. <laughs> like for Mixon. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I, I kind of figured right? that was the case as you were reading it. You <laughs> were like, like stumbling what? over your words a little bit. <laughs> Actually, I, I even misspoke because he didn't even have 100 yards in his big game performance. He only had 95 yards on a touchdown, which is still like a fantastic yeah. game. I'd be happy with that any day of the week. But just to kind of run through what he's done in the other three weeks of the season, you've got 17 total yards and two receptions. 27 total yards with three receptions and then last week he actually was able to produce a little bit 67 total yards on four or with four receptions so it's not great man it, it's really it's it's been a really rocky road so far i mean the Bengals are zero four to start the year um they're going to be up against arizona this upcoming week so it could be a get right game for joe mixon and i think if you're a joe mixon owner like I said before, I mean, it, it's tough not to start him because there's not a lot of running back options that I think you can feel super confident in. But if you have somebody like, you know, a Wayne Goldman who you picked up on the waivers or even somebody like a Ronald Jones, I'd be really curious how would I feel about rolling, mixing out week after week with these performances when you've got guys who are hitting and, and having some big weeks here and there. So... I don't know. How do you, how would you feel about him just this week in, in regards to going up against Arizona? Um, I think I, I feel like I, I would have to have him in the, in the lineup. I mean, it's the Cardinals. Like I said, if you draft, I don't actually have any mix and shares, but if you have them, like you said, you drafted them high. Typically, um, you don't want to give up. I feel like, you know, you, you, you've mentioned some like, you know, flashes this season. Nothing, you know, all the way consistent that we, that we want, but I feel like you would have to put him in a lineup, especially with the way the Cardinals have been playing. I feel like there's a chance. You know what I mean? There's a chance. Um, I do want to, you know, we got some of Josh's thoughts on here for trust issues at least. Um, what he has in here is the Bengals aren't doing him a lot of favors. He feels that they have, you know, obviously their negative game script, poor run blocking. He mentions, you know, Josh gets into all these analytics and stuff. Juke rate is 37th, evaded tackles 27th, no breakaway runs, 30th in yards created. So, he said he even mentions that Geo isn't even doing any better. So he he feels like it's a team issue. He doesn't think it's going to change. Josh has clear trust issues with Joe Mixon. I think we all do. But like you said, this week, you know, if you don't have a better option, I mean, I guess if you have a Gallman and then you have, you know, and then you have him, I mean, it's a question. But the only thing is, like, Gallman is playing um, the Vikings this week. So, like, I, I would still lean Mixon. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can definitely see that from a matchup perspective. I wasn't even looking into Goldman's matchup. Yeah. I was just kind of throwing out names as far as players who have flashed as of recent and who, you know, as they come on stronger, make you really question these guys that you drafted highly. I mean, we're four weeks into the season now. This is, a, you know, a third of the way into the fantasy season. You know, fantasy season moves quick. It's, for most people, 13 weeks, so... I mean, we're already in the thick of it, and you have to be able to react quickly. And I think that's kind of my main concern with a running back like Joe Mixon. He's not getting enough use in the passing game that I feel like he has a high floor each week. He's on an offense that feels extremely volatile. And, you know, if they continue to have the pass-to-rush ratio that they're having in Cincinnati, I mean, coming into the game on Monday night, they had the highest pass-to-rush ratio in the NFL. And, I mean... Even on Monday night, I, I haven't looked at it since, but they threw the ball 37 times and only put up three points. I mean, it's 
is one of those things where I think it's going to be an offensive philosophy there that affects them a lot too and just limits Joe Mixon's ability to produce just strictly on volume alone. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. And I mean, I'm just, you know, thinking this week, I don't really know. I guess I'm trying to think of someone that you would, you would, you know, consider. I mean, it's so hard to sit him this week because he's going up against yeah, Arizona who have I mean. not been great on the ground. I mean, it, you know, Christian McCaffrey ran all over him last week. The week before that, it wasn't really uh, the running back doing the damage because they were playing the Ravens and it was Lamar Jackson running all over the place. But they haven't really shown the ability to contain the rush game. They haven't really shown the ability to contain anyone on defense. So with what the Cardinals are doing and the pace of play that they play at as well, I mean, it it feels like it should be a get-right game for Mixon. But I feel like if he disappoints again this week, man, that, that would be four out of the first five weeks. And I just I think after that, you, you really have to be – sitting him on the bench until he shows you something more so, yeah this is one of those know, let's hope this is the get right week. yeah this is one of those cases where it's like we have trust issues we're on that fence right now but for this week we trust him but if this week fails at this point you know we're not going to hesitate any longer to, to replace him whether it's you know trade him to someone who believes in him still or if it's just a guy on your bench like uh, playing matchups, you know, Gallman, uh, Jordan Howard, like at some point you got to start making these tough decisions. You know what I mean, and look at matchups and how guys are doing and whether the name fits or not to you, you know, it doesn't really matter because the production just isn't there. So, yeah, yeah honestly, we're... like I don't want to stick on it for too long, but these are these are like the hardest decisions in fantasy for me is how long do you watch your high drafted, supposedly, quote unquote, elite player perform really terribly for your fantasy team and and like potentially if you're a joe mixon owner it would not be surprising at all if you started as he has and you you've started out one and three if you go one and four next week you're in a giant hole that you have to you know have a phenomenal end of the season just to maybe make the playoffs in your league so it it really does make you want to cut bait early i mean all the signs point to joe mixon being able to turn it around this week but i think that maybe is like an overall flaw with just fantasy in general because the season's so short. Like holding on to these players that, you know, are drafted with high draft capital on your fantasy drafts after week after week they continue to disappoint. It it is really to me like the hardest decision in fantasy is when to cut bait. Right, hundred percent, yeah, and it can make or break your team, like you said. Just sticking to guys too long and, and not making the, the switch quick enough. So I definitely agree and Mixon is steadily finding his way into that spot. So we'll see how it goes. But this is the last week that we feel confident telling people to just trust him. After this, you know, you, we'll, we'll decide how we feel, you know, moving forward. Um, and even if he has a big game, it's still going to be kind of iffy just because we know who the opponent was. Um, all right, let's move over, though. Uh, Devontae Parker, he went off a little bit. You know, he, he finally had a big game this year because he had a touchdown. See, now the first game of the year, he did have similar yards. He just didn't have a touchdown with it. Um this you know past week against the chargers he had 70 yards and a touchdown um i can say off top josh hates parker does not like parker uh even when parker did well josh was in group chats and everything finding ways to not make sense (laughs) of of him going off and having a good game um so i mean moving forward i feel like parker is one of those guys who his team is horrible um he hasn't ever been consistently putting up these kind of numbers but, you know, you do kind of wonder when the teams get desperate and they just fall behind every game, they start slinging the rock, you know, if he can 
you know put some of these games together like this um but just off the top i mean if you have if you've built your team in a proper way i i hope you don't have to trust Devonte parker for anything really too bad um because hopefully you got him for nothing at this point and he, you're just kind of you know like a lottery ticket just hoping he'll pay off some way somehow um so i'm not going to trust him um into his next game just because it's not a smart thing to do man it's not sensible adam is it yeah, I mean, first and foremost, they are on bye this week. So oh, well, really yeah. the way that I saw this is like, as far as trust issues for him goes, to me it's really a question of, is he rosterable? Like, if you're in a pinch and you need to cut someone on your roster, was last week enough to make him someone that you're like, I can't cut him, got to see what they're going to do with Josh Rosen at quarterback now. Is that how you feel? Because personally, I don't feel like this was enough. This is the first, like, this is the one big flash we get from Devonta Parker, and the big flash is 70 yards and a touchdown. It's it's not flashy enough. I mean, it's it's nothing that spectacular. Like, right. it, it's a good game, but if he doesn't get in the end zone, nobody's talking about it, nobody cares, and what are we even doing here? Like, we're telling people, yeah, you can cut Devonta Parker to, you know, make waiver ads if you need to because they're on by. So I think that really that to me is the core question at this point is, is he droppable? And I honestly don't think last week changed that for me. I think he still is droppable in most leagues. Yeah, I, I'd say he's droppable, um, especially if you, you know, if you, like you said, you got, you're dealing with injuries, you're dealing with a bye week thing, and you got to make a replacement. I'm totally cool with it. Um, if you have space for him, I'm not mad at it, though. I'm not, you know, it's, it's one of those things where my, pro- my problem with it is, can you ever trust him really though you know like you never feel good putting Devontae parker in your lineup it just is what it is like there's there's not a time he, he let's let's put it this way Devontae parker can never play the dolphins because he's on the dolphins <laughs> so you're never going to see a matchup where you're like yes this is it this is the one where he is going to go off um i mean i don't know they play the redskins in week six does that mean anything to you no i mean this is a guy that two weeks ago against the patriots didn't have a single catch like Patriots are good, though, man. They're good on defense. Yeah, I mean, they're great. And they're, you know, they completely destroyed them. And Ryan Fitzpatrick was playing. And the Patriots take away number one wide receivers, if you count him as the number one wide receiver on that team. Like, there's a bunch of narratives you can paint. But I don't want a guy who can have a zero. Like, I'm not putting that in my starting lineup. He had a zero two weeks ago. Like, I just... I can't do it. I mean, that being said, like, I feel like someone's bound to break out in Miami, but I'm still holding on to Preston Williams. I mean, he's the youngest kid there. I feel like he's got the most upside in that offense, but I just, I don't see Devonta Parker finally making that leap. I think everybody's kind of wanted him to forever. So you're looking for any little glimmer of hope, but I just, I, I don't think this is it. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, even if you're even if you got guys that are struggling, like say Josh Gordon, Stephon Diggs, um, you're still not probably gonna feel confident <laughs> starting Parker over them. You're just gonna hope that they finally break out. Yeah, you know I mean, so um, unless you're in a super deep league and you're starting some wide receiver who just is, you know, just kind of doesn't you don't mind taking the gamble because that guy's not gonna do too much either. Maybe you know, but when you, I just it's hard to start them, man. It's hard. It's just one of those things where if you if you were forced into him and it happened, you just got lucky. You know what I mean? So uh, I don't think any of us trust Devontae Parker on a week-to-week basis <laughs> or at all, even if you had to do it. Um, the last guy on our trust issues here is a tight end, George Kittle. George Kittle. Adam, tell me why he made this list. 
why he should be here. Yeah, so for, through the first three weeks, because they were on by last week, he's yet to score a touchdown, and he's yet to have a game where he's gone over 60 yards. I mean, right now, George Kittle's sitting at the tight end 13 as a point per game so far this year, which is just completely not what you drafted him for. Now, he's still getting targeted a ton, so ultimately, I trust him moving forward, but He's definitely somebody that I would, you know, at least feel less confident in than when I drafted him, simply just because the way that offense is moving, they, they seem like they, they're comfortable running the ball with all three of their running backs, and that's kind of how they want to focus that offense, and they've been winning. And the thing that I always try and pay attention to with teams is teams that are losing, I always feel like there's more of a chance that they're going to change what they're doing. Teams that are winning, even if they're considered a bad team, which I think the 49ers, I wouldn't necessarily say they're a bad team, but I definitely don't think anyone expected them to be 3-0 and to start the year, and I don't think most people would expect that to continue. So with that in mind, I don't think that they're going to be able to continue to run the ball like they are when the game script starts shifting in a direction where they do have to throw the ball more often, George Kittle's going to be that main target. I feel like he's still got the opportunity to turn this around. Yeah. Got guys ahead of him in PPR right now. Jason Witten, Jordan Akins, Atkins, however the hell you say the name, uh, Disley, Waller. So, I mean, you know. A bunch of undrafted guys in yeah, leagues. Yeah. It sucks, you know, if you drafted. And, and Kittle went early in a lot of places, man. It's just the way it had to go. So, it's like. Oh, yeah. You're I hurting. mean, I was drafting him in the second round in a lot of leagues. And, yeah, I mean. That's why guys like him, guys like Mixon, they're interesting to talk about right now because just like I said with Mixon, I mean, it's the same thing with Kittle. You know, if you started him three weeks in a row, if you're in a PPR league, you've probably felt okay, like not terrible. They, they've been, you know, not bottoming out weeks. But if you're in a standard league, I mean, five points each week, whoop de do. Yeah, like, I'll, man, say, I'll, say, I'll say this. If I have Waller and Kittle or Disley and Kittle, I'm starting Waller yeah. or Disley. Um, now, if it's Witten or Aikens, I'm starting Kittle. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, just I depends. Mean, yeah, but those are definitely the situations a lot of people are going to run into. Even even like a Kittle and a Mark Andrews you could have ran into. Yep. Like the, I mean, there, there's a lot of uh, late round or undrafted tight ends that have hit so far this year. And those three names, Waller, Andrews, and Disley, have all now produced multiple games that, that seem like they're pushing for just a, a target share in those offenses that's undeniable. So when you've got a guy like Kittle who, you know, has that draft capital, and when I say draft capital, I'm not speaking NFL draft capital, I'm speaking fantasy draft capital. Like, you invested in him. The yeah. big question becomes how many times can you watch him fail? And then on top of that, you got guys even who who are like rookies who the last two weeks have slowly been coming on guys like Knox, guys like Fant. I mean, they're not they're not going nuts, but they're still producing. And you start to see those guys while your Kittle is like just plotting along. And you're like, damn, these guys are getting, you know, catching fire down here. And it's like you're getting you're getting nervous. But with him, like, 
you know, like like I mentioned, if you have guys like Waller and Disley, I think it's easier to say, let me put him on the back burner. Let's see how this goes. You know, let's see how he produces. I got this other guy he's producing anyway. Um, but I think if you have, you know, one of the guys that are catching fire, like one of these rookies, or you have one of the guys who are kind of near Kittle right now, I think you still go with Kittle. And I still trust him in that situation. Um, but I think it's all, you know, relative to who you have besides him. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is that with a guy like George Kittle, there are so few people at the tight end position that can produce those insane spike weeks like he can. I mean, outside of, like, Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, and maybe Evan Ingram, I don't really know if any of the other tight ends are at that level yet. I mean, even Waller, who's been really fantastic, has been more of a volume receiver, and he's not scoring a lot of touchdowns. So you don't... You, you haven't had, like, that huge spike week from him yet. We've seen those from Kittle, and I think that's the hardest, you know, issue with putting him on your bench is, is he has that capability to put up 30 points on your bench, and I almost never <laughs> never want to have that, that guy on your bench, especially at tight end where, you know, the guy you're replacing him with, you could be happy with him getting nine points. Yeah, no, that's fair. It makes sense. And like I said, it's, uh, you know, it's just it's all about situation and you know Kittle is a guy that we all still trust and just to throw out again some of Josh's notes because these are the last notes that I have from him he has a ton of stuff here but um let's see what we got he says he's very similar to last year except that the portion of the offense was a lot bigger so you know he, he feels like the 49ers are just playing slow in general you know he doesn't like the offense I'm not going to use the words Josh used here <laughs> Josh was getting very derogatory towards the 49ers and, uh, we're not gonna. Oh, we're, I just thought it was metrics, and you're like, ah, we don't need these. <laughs> oh no, there's metrics there too. Lots of lots of metrics. But again, you know, I'm not the guy to sling metrics around, so I'll I'll leave that to Josh if he wants to do it again next week. But Josh likes them. He just feels like the 49ers are the problem, not George Kittle. And yeah, I mean, it's just like I'm saying, it's a game script issue, really, yeah. more than anything. It, it's just the 49ers are winning right now, and they're winning running the ball. If you win running the ball, there's no incentive for you to pass until you start losing. So. I mean, I don't know if that's going to start happening this week against Cleveland. Cleveland's kind of been getting it together. But honestly, dude, Cleveland versus San Francisco is a game I'm not watching. (laughs) Those are going to be like, that's going to be one of the slowest games in the league. Just two teams running the ball just at inopportune times for no reason. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I want no part of that. Um, all right, so that's it for trust issues. Those are the three main players that we felt we needed to discuss this week. Let's jump over to ranking. We have two sets of things that we want to rank. Um, similar to last year, we're going to keep the same theme last week. I mean, same theme, different players. Um, the first one is most likely to fail in week five. Again, shout out to Josh for helping contribute in this one. Um, we got He's got Melvin Gordon versus the Broncos, Aaron Jones versus Dallas, and Derrick Henry versus Buffalo. Um, I don't know how Josh feels. He didn't let us know, <laughs> but um, I'll, I'll jump at the first one. Uh, this may—I don't know. This is—if this is most—if I'm in the majority or minority here, but I'm definitely ranking Melvin Gordon last. Um, I trust him the least out of these guys, so I think. Well, I think he's the most likely to fail, so he's first for me. Um, I'm actually going to go in this order that Josh has it. I think. I, I think Melvin Gordon is most likely to fail. Then I feel Aaron J- Jones is, and then Derrick Henry. So Derrick Henry is the one I trust the most here. Um, are you in agreement with that, uh, Adam, or are you flipping some players around? Man, I have been going back and forth on Melvin Gordon like crazy because there's there's so much that goes into this. First and foremost, I mean, 
you know, I've, I've put my foot in my mouth in regards to Melvin Gordon. I really thought that he was going to hold out for the year. I thought that there was, you know, a likelihood at least that he'd hold out to week 10 because I feel like that's what I heard most often in regards to when he had to come back for this year to count. Um, for him to hold out the first four weeks like that, or first three weeks because technically he was active last week, for him to hold out the first three weeks like that and come back, um, it is kind of pointless. I don't know why he did it. I don't think he knows why he did it at this point. Like, there was there was no reason for it. Absolutely no reason. So, with that in mind, there being absolutely no reason for him to hold out that long, I got to think that he probably anticipated holding out the full season and then realized that he needed to come back sooner because it just it wasn't going to happen. My big question amongst all of that headspace is all right so did he wait three weeks because he was really trying to make this holdout work so and he thought that he had some legal leverage and he was going to be able to get a contract done or did he potentially wait three weeks because he wasn't fully in football shape yet and i think about this a lot especially for running backs in regards to um, like Le'Veon Bell, for instance, he was a player I wasn't on coming into this year at all, but I feel like from what we've seen from him so far, he has at least been able to play up to a level that I think we think is Le'Veon Bell on a New York Jet team. He doesn't not look like Le'Veon Bell. And I'm wondering if we're going to see that same thing with Melvin Gordon. Um, I honestly, I drafted a lot of Austin Eckler. I want it to not be the case, but the more I've been thinking about it, the more I feel confident in Melvin Gordon coming back and being exactly what he's been. And between what he can do, I'm so intrigued to see what that offense can do with both Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. Uh, They're going to eat into each other a bunch, but I'm going to, I'm not going to put Melvin Gordon at the bottom of this. I'm actually going to put Aaron Jones at the bottom. I feel like the matchup against Dallas is going to be really rough for them. Um, Ultimately, I think that it's going to be one of those games where they're going to have to pass them all more than they're going to want to. And that's another one of these offenses that just seems to be focused on running the ball a ton. The issue for me is just with Aaron Jones, it's such a volume concern. I mean, you only have one game of him getting over 13 carries. You know, he's getting work in the passing game, so that's great, but he's not really been doing much with it. So unless he has another performance like he did last week where he's seeing six receptions, the volume's just not going to be there. I mean, he's getting lucky with touchdowns, and I think if that touchdown, you know, flukiness goes away for a week he's gonna bottom out so for me my biggest trust issue would be with Aaron Jones I think I'd put Melvin Gordon in the middle and I'd say that I trust Derrick Henry the most of the bunch that's interesting yeah I mean with Melvin Gordon there's there's a lot of concerns just a lot of you know he's he's a hard guy to judge right now you know I I when he said he was coming back because like you I didn't I didn't think he was gonna come back either just for whatever the reason was I thought he was gonna kind of hold you know hold to it and not come back when he did you know, I tweeted out that I tweeted out Eckler over over Gordon, and of course, uh, you know, someone like Matt Kelly jumped at me like, "Stop it!" Um, but you know, <laughs> in in theory, man, like Eckler, you know, he Gordon is not gonna start playing. I don't think lights out like right away. I just feel like he didn't play for so long, and we can sit here and say he was working hard and this and that. But we all know that when it comes to football, it's just a different kind of shape, 
and you know you see these guys get hurt a lot i think the chargers are smart for not playing him right away or, or giving him a crazy workload straight out the gate like that he didn't get to get warmed up like everybody else he didn't get to prepare his body for this like everybody else did who played preseason football and all these things um so I'm cool with them not, you know, forcing him right back in. I don't know if it's a little bit of spite or if they're just, you know, just purely just trying to protect him and do the right thing um, and kind of take it slowly. But I really do still like Eckler over him. Like, just I know it sounds crazy, but, you know, that's the kind of guys I like, man. It just is what it is. I don't trust Gordon for one reason or the other, and I just do like Eckler. But, yeah, I mean, with Aaron Jones, it's kind of funny how, he, you know, going into the season, you were big on Jones and low on Gordon because of Gordon's situation. And now Jones is the one you don't trust, and Gordon you trust a little more. You've see how crazy it is. We're only starting into the fifth week of the season, and we've gone through this madness, Adam. Hey, matchups matter. <laughs> it does. All right, and also we're gonna jump over to coming alive in week five. I like how it rhymes when it comes to week five. It didn't rhyme last week, but coming alive in week five it sounds got a good ring to it, man. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins versus the Falcons, Juju versus the Ravens, and Odell Beckham versus. The 49ers. Um, I have these guys ranked. I believe Hopkins is the most likely to come alive in week five against the Falcons. I'll put Odell next against the 49ers, and I'm putting Juju last because I've been hating on Juju all year. I'm going to continue to hate on Juju. His situation hasn't gotten any better, and he's playing Baltimore, who, you know, just is a nice, not not a bad defense. So, yeah, I'm going to put Juju last year. I don't trust his quarterback as much as the other two guys, so that's how I'm ranking them. How do you rank them, Adam? Man, really going out on a limb there, huh? Yeah, getting Putting dangerous. Juju last. Getting dangerous. No, I mean, this is this is really the battle of the, you know, wide receiver disappointments so far this year. Or at least, like, the inconsistent, highly drafted wide receivers. Yeah, that, that sounds better. Because, like, I, I mean, they, they have. They've just been super inconsistent. And I think going into this week, like, y- y- you have to put Juju at the bottom of the bunch. I mean, he's starting with a backup quarterback who's just not good. Like, it's just, it- it's hard to overcome bad quarterback play. There are some wide receivers that can do it. There are some that can't. And the biggest obstacle that Juju has right now is he's just not even getting targeted. He got four targets. How are you targeting Juju Smith-Schuster four times in a week? Like, the most targets he's seen all year is eight in a game. This is a guy who be, should be seeing double-digit targets, I, especially in games where you're trailing that much. Like, you, they've got to be doing more to scheme him open. But I think the biggest o- obstacle at this point is just what Mason Rudolph's able to do and him being limited. So for me, like, he he's got to just be at the bottom of the pack. Um, as far as between Hopkins and Odell go, I mean... It, it's hard because Odell had that one huge performance. Um, and I think Hopkins has only had one big game as well. So for both of them, they've kind of had, I mean, similar to what we were talking about with Joe Mixon as well. It, it, it's tough with these guys who were drafted early, who through four weeks have only really had one game that you'd be happy with their production. And I mean, both were huge spike weeks, but I guess Hopkins I'd probably feel the most confident in um, because it's been the longest since he hit his spike week, and I just I feel more confident really just in his relationship with Watson and, and just the rapport that they've had over the years and that being able to just, you know, reignite, if you will, than Odell being able to continue to build that with Baker because honestly I mean Baker Mayfield has not looked right so far this year 
Uh, I mean, last week kind of felt like a get-right game for Cleveland, so it very well could be. But I think I'd probably go the same way you had it, which is Hopkins, Odell, and then Juju. Yeah, Baker has struggled, expect you know, especially how we what we expected from him, and even even Watson has struggled in a sense of, you know, he's getting sacked a lot. Um, some people are blaming it on him holding the ball too long. So, you know, they both had their struggles so far this year, and you know, they've also both had big games. So we you know we don't know what we're gonna get here, but yeah, this is an interesting group. Like you said, it's kind of like the mixing thing, the Kittle thing. Um, you mentioned Juju not getting enough targets. You almost sounded like he was a Vikings wide receiver for a second there, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're another Adam going off about targets. Jeez, man. The Adams are just going off this week about targets, man. It is what it is. We'll see how that plays out. Which, yeah, man, what do you think about that situation in Minnesota? I know it's not on our, on our list here to talk about, but it's just weird, man. <laughs> Adam I mean, going it, going off. It's got to be tough when – to begin the year last year, we forget, but Adam Thielen, through eight games, had the one of the most historic stretches in NFL history, what he was able to do. And that was, it was just because he was getting volume. It was just because he has a phenomenal catch rate, and they were targeting him. And he's like, hey, um, we're not doing that anymore. <laughs> like... I'd like it if we were. Could we do that again? Like I, I don't know, man. When I, when I listened to him, I was just like, I, I'm, I like hearing that from people yeah. because I feel like that honesty, that level of transparency, is something you don't often get in the NFL. And really, we all know it. Everyone watching the games knows it. Like they've, you know, been able to rely on Dalvin Cook to have big performances but when you're playing the bears you're not going to be able to run it's just not going to happen i mean oh i i don't want to like wax poetic about the bears but man like growing up my dad was a huge fan of the 85 bears and he was watching them this this past weekend and he literally called me and he goes i feel like i'm watching the 85 bears again i was like it felt so cool like they're phenomenal. Their defense is just phenomenal. I mean, if the Bears' offense was anything, we could be really dangerous. But ultimately, like, when you're in a game like that, if you're still trying to run the ball, which the Vikings were, you, you just, you're stuck in that rhythm to the point where you're going to do it until it breaks. And I don't know, man. Honestly, on the flip side of the coin, you have the Arizona Cardinals, though, and uh, they've been everything I was hoping they wouldn't be so far this year. And Cliff Kingsbury looks like a f- friggin' joke through four weeks. So, luckily, luckily, I will say Kyler Murray looks phenomenal. But uh, I think that it's an interesting thing when it feels like Cliff is actually the one holding that team back. So it, it'll be interesting to see how that uh, how that team progresses throughout the year. But I think that there's a lot of offenses right now that are going to shift and change throughout the year for sure. Hey, Cliff, all I can say is my Raiders, John Gruden's got him at two and two, buddy. Get some wins. Catch up. <laughs> Catch up, buddy. Oh, he's, he's, he's not going to get wins. Catch up, buddy. <laughs> that is not what he's going to do. Catch up. <laughs> that defense is. <laughs> Catch up. My ancient, my ancient coach that everyone makes fun of. He's got more wins than your team, boy. Not your team, but you know what I'm saying. Actually, to be also very interesting, the Bears play the Raiders in London this week. So we'll see how that plays oh. out. Khalil Mack, it's a revenge game against the Raiders. And we got no Mitchell Trubisky, so you better watch out. Oh, boy. Chase <laughs> Daniels versus the, uh... Carr. I don't know which quarterback is worse. Man, we will find out. It's going to be interesting. Mack says he's not going to get emotional. Mack says he's not angry, but I know he is, Adam. 
It's going to be fun to see. And you're saying Josh Jacobs isn't going to be able to run, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually, I mean, I London games are weird. Weird things happen in London. Um, but, man, I on paper, I feel like the Bears' defense is – I feel like that's going to be an ex- insanely low-scoring game, and the Bears' defense is just going to beat them up. We shall see. All right. We'll see. Let's move over to the not-so-obvious flex locks of the week. Our flex locks have not played out so well. Last week, I said start J.J. Nelson. He didn't play. He was a game-time decision. Uh, Josh recommended Curtis Samuel, I believe, and you recommended Preston Williams. Yours was actually the best, and he scored how many PPR points? I believe it was like 8.6, something 8.6. like that. All right. I mean, if you got it. Un- under 10, so uh, I think that's a loss. Yeah, we're going to count it as another loss. Yeah. I, I mean, these have been rough. We've been digging deep for them. Uh, I mean, Josh didn't even dig that deep last week and still did terrible, <laughs> so there's that. Well, um, but, at this point, we could be saying DeAndre Hopkins, Juju, Odell, and we wouldn't sound that wrong. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's very true. Um <laughs> <laughs> How, you know, can we, how can we be right when those guys are wrong, man? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, Neil, this week, let's try and name guys that are actually going to play. Let's All right. Just, I'll try. You know, try. May, maybe we'll keep it interesting for the folks at home. Listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a guy that's going to play. I'm going to do a guy who actually played well last week. I'm going to do a guy who nobody likes. They all hate him, no matter how good he does. And I'm going to say it, Jordan Howard. Is that a flex? Is it fair? No, I love that. that okay. That's a, that's a really good pick for this. Because he's a very divisive player. I know. I, I know. I know people hate him. Last week. Yeah. I know people hate him, and I know people are going to say, it's a trap. You're you're falling for the hype. You're falling for the three-touchdown game, and you're an idiot, and you're going to you're gonna see it blow up in your face, and that's fine. I'll take it. You know I've been a, a believer in Jordan Howard for a long time. So I'm going to take him. I think he could do some damage again. I'm not a believer in Miles Sanders at all, at least right now. He hasn't shown any, any reason for me to be a believer. Um, so I'm going to stick with Jordan Howard. Hopefully he plays. No freak incidents or nothing now. And uh, he's my flex, not so obvious, flex lock of the week because you haters make him that. I love the mouthful that you've made this segment. The not so obvious flex play of the week. <laughs> I had to keep filling but, uh, in words to make it less I know. bad. I'm actually going to go with a running back that's right in the same vein because I think that uh, both of these running backs kind of coming into the year were actually being drafted roughly the same spot. Uh, as far as like the you know late single digit rounds, early double digit rounds, and um, both were in situations where they were competing in their backfields for touches, uh, and both had their best game of the year last week. So um, my pick's Ronald Jones. I, I uh, was actually watching a good bit of the Tampa Bay game, and he had actually two big runs that were both called back. I feel like he was on the precipice for having a huge game last week. And with everything that offense is doing right now, I mean, they're running on all cylinders. I mean, Tampa Bay looks just insane. They're, they're kind of like Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, they've had just these ridiculous performances the last two weeks. And then the two weeks before that, like it, it's kind of been this topsy turvy beginning of the year for the team. But as they're starting to gel as an offense, I think that, Ronald Jones might be cementing himself as the at least primary rushing down back in that offense. And as they continue to have these games where they're scoring a ton of points, 
his opportunity for touchdowns is going to continue to come, I think. So that's that's my lock of the week. They're going up against New Orleans this week. I think he's going to have a lot of opportunities. I think that they have an opportunity to go into New Orleans and get a win, you know, facing off against Teddy Bridgewater there. So, yeah, that that's my pick. And, God, man, let's hope these guys get over double digits. <laughs> we'll let Josh give us his tomorrow, and I'll throw it up on the Twitter poll and see what the Twitter universe thinks about it, the Twitterverse. Um, I will say, man, Bruce Arians was still trying to, I don't know if he's trying to motivate Ronald Jones or what, but he's like, yeah, we still like the Peyton Barber, Ronald Jones thing, and if Jones gets hot, we'll let him play more. I'm like, come on, man, drop the act. Jones need the ball, man. Jones need the ball more than Barber. Stop playing games. Remember yeah. when Ogbawale was the thing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he still is. He's still getting targets. Yeah, I still, but... I still got a chance, man. Maybe, right, maybe man. they'll fade Barber out eventually, and it'll be him, and, and then yeah. Yeah, we'll see. All right, um, that's it for our Flex Locks of the Weeks. We're going to jump over to Foul or No Foul, which I just have two of because, again, this Titan schedule that we're on. The first one, I'm going to start with this one. It's not. It's a non-sports one. I seen an article earlier the other day. Um, and so the statement for you, Adam, is the world would not be ready to handle it if we found life on Mars. Foul or No Foul. And by life on Mars, it can mean anything. Bacteria in the water, boom, that's still life somewhere else. Could we handle it? I'm, the, the, the statement is the world oh, cannot man. handle it. Yeah, 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 I know. Man, I'm I'm going to say no foul. Like, I feel like people can handle it. Like, I, I don't think that – I think that there is a drastic difference between intelligent life and just life. Like, I mean, it, I think it varies on how people's reaction would go. Like, if we find, like, single-cell organism life – most people aren't even going to care. It's going to be on Twitter for like a day <laughs> and then it's going to go away. If we find like, I mean, that's all we're going to find. Let's be honest. <laughs> let's, let's, we, we don't have time for this. You got to get to New York or something. I got to get to bed. Like, what are we doing here? Really? <laughs> all right. All right. You say it won't happen, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting, I seen the article. I think it was on CNN or something. And the, uh, oh, we found intelligent life out there. Whew. Government, the government would keep that from us. Let's go. Yeah, it'll be interesting. But what are you doing over not there? Doing anything, man. My computer's going haywire. All right, the next foul and no foul is the last one I want to throw at us. This is a you know this is a this is a very uh, debated topic right now. Uh, Vontez Perfect is a scumbag. Foul or no foul? Yeah, bud. Uh, that's a no foul. <laughs> Have you watched him play football? I'm gonna disagree with you, Adam. I'm, I'm going to disagree. disagree. I'm, he, he wears the silver and black. Are you aware? <laughs> I disagree with you, man. I'm really not liking the hate this guy's getting, man. Hey, man, I understand what gang affiliation is, so <laughs> I, I understand, man. You can't go against. No, listen, man. Let, Adam, let me break this down for you, man. Let me break this down okay. for you. All right, okay. all right. Pitch me the conspiracy theory. Let's all right, go. number one. Let, number let's one. Go first question career. to ask you is, are we really going to hold his past plays against him? Is that what we're yes. going to do for everybody? Okay. 100%. Yeah. All right, that's fine. Yeah. All right, that's, so that's what's fine. happening. That's what's, no, 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 that's what's it, happening. It, it, this suspension is completely out of the line is that fair? for that one play. Is that fair? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Okay, this I disagree. totally out of line for the one play. Okay, all right, but I'm saying is it fair to you that they're able to – that they're going to use his pass against him for this play? Yeah, of course it's fair. It's the NFL. They can do whatever they it's want. Not fair. It's not fair. They've 100% set a precedent that their suspension length is completely – completely arbitrary they have absolutely no bearing on it we have seen no consistency whatsoever i do not understand why you would ever expect that to be the case so yeah dude they're gonna just do whatever they want whenever they want for whatever reason they want 
I honestly think that they've probably been looking to take Perfect out of the league for a while, and they were like, all right, here's our opportunity. Because you could easily see a guy who hasn't had his history get a two-game suspension for that. Like, it was a suspendable worthy hit. I mean, it's obviously a defenseless player. You're leading helmet to helmet. It was in a situation where the play was almost, it was basically over at that point. I mean. <sighs> it wasn't over, Adam. The guy was on his <laughs> knees. The guy could get up and start running. So, Vontez Ber- he's Burfitt. He's on his knees. You listen, just said he's listen, on his Listen, but knees. listen, Burfitt was coming in to make a football play. He wasn't yeah, doing – it wasn't like it was something after the fact that the play was dead. No, he was coming in to make a tackle, man. So, sure, That's right. That's true. I did see Odell Beckham get choked this week. <laughs> so, listen. So, listen. I'm with you. You could throw a flag on it. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with the flag. You could even get crazy and throw him out of the game. I'll, I'll let it go. I won't even get mad at it. To, to take the man's livelihood for the whole season because of a football play – that I don't I don't I don't go with man like it's not that's like what I'm saying it's not a football play it's hit all of his history it's everything he's done that's on not fair off the you can't field. do that it's a hundred percent fair it's a job why are we playing listen like listen this Adam Adam job? Adam this is my if thing you, if you walked into your employer and you showed up an hour late to work do you expect them to only look at the one time that you're an hour late to work that one instance and punish you for that one offense or if you've shown up an hour late to work, like 50 times over the course of the time with your company, are they going to look at the entire history that you've shown of this of this behavior, your ability to repeat said behavior, your negligence with, with repeating this said behavior, and punish you based upon that? This is a job. These are employees. They work for the NFL. This is an open and shut case, bud. Nah, listen, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not comparing of this behavior. I'm not comparing the NFL job to my job or any other nine to five office it's job. It's a job. Listen, listen. On top about? of that, listen. On top of this, right? On top of all of this, I'm so tired of the people who act like this dude is a bad human. Like, oh my god, he's so ridiculous. He's such an no. asshole. Listen, listen. People who are seeing that tackle and complaining about it then flip the channel to watch someone get head kicked in the UFC and they don't say shit. They love it. So, like, come on, man. Like, you're asking this guy to play Those the most. Those are two super different things because no. in no in the UFC, when you're getting into it, you're you're engaging in an open agreement that one person is going to attempt to punch and kick the other one in the head. I, when you're getting into an NFL game, you are getting into an open agreement that we are going to attempt to not use our helmets to deliver blows to the other person's head. That's an agreed upon rule that you are engaging in in your game. So they're two completely different things. The, The issue at hand is yes, is he a bad person? Can we just say based upon this one action that someone is a bad person? Well, that's the whole issue with social media just in general now is you do one thing, it gets put in the spotlight, everyone casts a shadow over who you are as an individual. And these are decisions that these guys are making in a split second based upon instincts that they've been trained on since they were kids. Exactly. Yeah. 
I totally agree in regards to he's not a bad person. But that doesn't mean you don't get suspended from the NFL. That does not mean that you get to keep your job when your job is to play a game and to follow the fucking rules of that game. <laughs> no, no. The game. Oh, see, you know I'm right. No, nope, that reaction that no, you just gave me. Yeah, no. yeah, that was you admitting in your own no, conscience how right I am. Listen. And the raiderness is now trying to haunt your brain. You're wrong, Because you have, you have this extreme take lock that comes from being a fair weather fan or just uh i wanted to say fair weather fan but no you're a diehard fan you're not fair weather at all <laughs> yeah listen it was legit man listen 20 years ago this guy would be heralded left and right one of the baddest men in the nfl he's so amazing he kills guys he cripples them now it's like oh we're so yeah. pc we're so soft we hurt guys watch out don't don't play like you played your whole life don't Go ahead, play the most savage sport in the world and just turn it off and on the split second. Yeah, figure that out, man. Come on, dude. Take his whole freaking season salary. Get out of here with that shit. Yes. Yeah, those That's are garbage. The rules. That's garbage. Those are the rules. It's garbage. Those are the agreed upon rules. It's garbage. It's garbage. Everyone knows what they're getting into. It's garbage. Perfect. Why, why, is, why is it, though, that there are hundreds and hundreds of players who are able to not do that? Like that's the thing. That's the that's the reaction that I never understand from people like yourself who defend guys who do helmet to helmet hits. Like I get it. They've been trained the same way since they were kids, and this is how they've always taught themselves to tackle. That's no different than every single other person in the NFL. They're no different. They're not special. They're just deciding that they're going to be ignorant to the fact that they're doing the same thing over and over. Committing the same type of action over and over and not try and change the behavior. I mean, I just, I think when you show a pattern like this, that they have to punish this guy to an extent that makes the rest of the league go, oh, maybe we need to think about the fact that we're constantly leading with our head. Maybe we want to adjust that just a bit. Yeah, but didn't because, Jack Doyle say it was nothing? The guy who yeah, we're talking dude, about. But that, but why are, why are like, football players saying talent. it was nothing? Because, dude, the, the the league, it's their job to look out for their employees. It's not that you cannot tell an NFL player that if they get in the field and they get tackled so hard that they get a concussion, that they're going to be on the sideline not wanting to get right back in that game. Like there, There's a reason we have medical staffs. There's a reason that there are other people who have insight into what goes on because if you let athletes make decisions about their own well-being, they will compromise their own well-being. Whatever. Constantly. Whatever. We're because done here. We're done here. Competition. That's just what they'll do, bud. You know here. it's true. Perfect. I'm with you, bro. Let a savage be a savage. Impose your will, my friend. Hopefully you get to continue to do it at some point this season if the PC crybabies let you come back. Um, anyway, lame shit. Um, that's all we have for this week. <laughs> like I said, I have to get behind a wheel soon, Adam, and you're getting me amped up, so I don't even have to be tired now. It's great, man. Yeah, but what are you listening to? Do you have something all queued up for the long drive? I don't really have anything queued up, man. I can't see, like, when you have a family in the car, they don't always want to hear what you want to hear. Then you're like, do I just put my headphones in and listen to it silently? Then I'm ignoring my family. Is that the right thing to do? Yeah, you you ignore your family. You're driving in the middle of the night. What are we talking about yeah, here? Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, that brings us to the closing and the show and tell. Do you have any show and tells today, Adam? Of course, Neil. Why would I let you down when I know that you're about to take a road trip? <laughs> what show and tell do you have for me, Adam? Because I don't know if I have well, one. 
Neil, you you love murder podcasts. I do love murder so podcasts. I'm, I'm ready to bring you another murder podcast. You have another just one? Started. Yeah, there's only two episodes so far, so it's not going to take you through your entire drive, but holy shit, is this insane. Um, yeah, so <laughs> the new recommendation is a podcast called Heads of Sarah Blanca, hmm. and it is a investigative podcast into um, an alleged serial killer who committed crimes based upon uh, Rube Goldberg machines. Um, if you're familiar with the concept, it's essentially, it, it's very Saw-esque in nature, the, the movie series Saw. Um, it's it's really been a pretty disturbing yet extremely interesting podcast through two episodes. <laughs> I, I highly recommend it. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to get into it too in depth other than to say like, as far as true crime podcasts go, I feel like there's, there's a lot of varying topics. But is this discussed. one real or fake? Uh, it's a hundred percent real. It's real. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 Are there, when you say fake, like what? What do you mean in regards? Like, I mean, is the like, story the, the fiction? Genre, the genre of true crime is true. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know if this was. I don't. I don't. I don't watch. I don't listen to true crime. I listen to murder podcasts. All right, my friend. Oh, okay, murder podcasts. Got it. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Those can be fake, I guess. <laughs> no. So yeah. Uh, you know, this is this is entirely true. Um, and yeah, it. I don't know. It, it's what I was getting at is just like. I think that there are different things that trigger different people in regards to um, podcasts and stuff. Like with true crime, especially there, there, you know, there might be different topics that come up that can trigger certain people. So whenever I'm making these recommendations, I definitely want to err on the side of caution. Like these, these recommendations aren't always for everyone. Like for instance, there was a, I, I listened to a lot of true crime podcasts. I tried to listen to one once that was about a, um, package bomber who um, essentially a murder was committed where someone got a package in the mail they thought it was a flashlight they went to turn the flashlight on yeah, it exploded and they, yeah and they blew up and they they literally exploded in front of their family and like I could not listen to that that to me was just like I I tried I was just I was interested in the concept or the ideas around it I just I couldn't, man. I could not listen to people recount that horrific of an event. And I totally wholeheartedly understand if people have that same feeling about this. Because this is really... I, I think that the issue with things like true crime is the fear around glorifying murder. And I think that there is risk, especially in a situation where you're like, oh, this person committed murders similar to this fam famous horror series of movies. I think that there's an easy um, route to take to be like, oh, you, you're glorifying those actions. And that's definitely not the place that I want to come from it from. I mean, to me, it is fascinating. Um, it is insane. It is one of those things that you listen to. And for me, it's like I'm kind of constantly stunned by it in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, I mean, in regards to different 
true crime or murder podcasts, like, this is definitely one of those that, for me, through two episodes, has really already pushed me to, like, the edge of my comfort limits. Um, but it is extremely fascinating in that because uh, it deals a lot with, like, the Mexican cartels, and it seemed like it's going to get really deep into that. Uh, they've already talked to one gentleman who uh, is in jail for committing 90 murders, um, which is just mind-boggling. Um, so with it dealing with those sort of um, people and, like, that that sort of subject matter, to me there there is always that weird dichotomy of, like, it it's extremely heinous while at the same time being oddly fascinating. And I don't know. I think if you're into true crime, it might be fantastic. But if you're not, or if you are squeamish to any sort of ideas that seem like they're glorifying murder, I definitely think this might be a stay away. Yeah. I, I agree, man. It's funny. We, we recommend and talk about these so much on here. I feel like we need to get an episode in where it's like a strictly true crime episode somehow, some way, whether it's like listing our favorite ones or somehow ranking them or somehow discussing them, reviewing them. I feel like there's a place for episodes like that. Um, it just seems like we were, we, there's something there, man. We talk about them a lot. <laughs> so maybe we'll think of something later. Who knows? I don't know. There's something there though. Um, for me, I do want to recommend one thing. Uh, I'm sure you already heard it, Adam. Um, many people may have heard it. It came out in like September of the episode, but, uh, anytime there's a podcast with David Sinclair on the Joe Rogan podcast, I feel like people should listen to it. Um, he's this, uh, PhD in, uh, what is it? Life extension. I forget exactly the terminology he uses, but, um, he's like, you know, in genetics and all that kind of stuff. Have you heard those episodes, Adam? I believe I have listened to one of his. I don't think I've listened to this most recent one that you're referencing. Okay. Yeah. So he's just a, it's a good episode of the Joe Rogan experience. If people haven't listened to it, uh, he talks about life extension and aging, um, he's a professor, I want to say, at, like, Harvard Medical School, I believe, or something. Um, but he's a really smart dude, and he's, like, on the front end of all this, like, life extension, healing disease, fixing, dis- curing diseases, and all these kind of things. Um, in a sense of, like, they kind of look at death as, like, a disease that they're trying to cure. Um, and every time he comes on, it's like, man, you get, like, all this crazy, like, hope and, like, ideas for things that are coming down the pipe, hopefully sometime in the near future, and by near, I'm saying five, ten years. Um, so it's a really fun episode to listen to. It's got a lot of cool educational stuff and just uh, a lot of cool ideas about the future and where we could be going and how things are going and for in terms of, like, medical and technology. Um, so it's a really cool episode, so I hi- highly recommend it. I don't know if he's on anything else, like any other podcast, or if he does anything else on his own, but... Um, definitely a Joe Rogan podcast. If you look up David Sinclair, uh, he was on there in September. Definitely go listen to that episode. And that's all I have for today, Adam. That's all I have for show and tell, man. Um, shout out to Adam. You can find him on Twitter at the other FF guy. Josh isn't here, but he's typically here and it's my fault. He's not. So you can find him at JC Crocker. He actually just put out a new article for a uh, player profiler, which I retweeted. You can find it on his page. You can find it on my page. I don't know if Adam retweeted it yet but it was for waiver wire targets. So go check always that out. Always retweet. <laughs> always got to always check that I out. I always retweet. I know. I'm just Come trying to put you on blast, man. You got to show Josh the love. <laughs> you got to show him the love. Other than that, you can find me at clock Dodgers, clock Dodgers.com clock Dodgers on all the podcast apps. Go subscribe, leave reviews. Thank you for everyone who does. We really appreciate it. Other than that, man, that's it. As always be kind, be great. Keep dodging. Dodging, 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 dodging.